All right. I, I appreciate Lindsay. When you whisper, everything just got quiet. I don't know how you did that. That was amazing. I don't want to throw it off by being loud as we're leaving. So uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good to see you. Uh, thanks for coming to hang out with us this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about relationships in the coming weeks and probably the next, up into mid, you know, early summer, probably four to six weeks. And relationships in, in the way, in the sense of how we relate to all kinds of things, one another, uh, things that are happening around us, um, finances, jobs, you know, coworkers, careers, all these sort of different areas that are relational, that, we off, that are relationships. And we talk, think about relationships often in, in terms of this, interpersonal, you know, me and you, which is relationship, but, the, but the, the text, the Bible has so many things to say about relationship. We're going to talk about how it works between us, but also how does that work with other things, other areas of our life? So I believe the principles are, are the same. So we're going to be getting to that. We're going to have some of you guys coming up and sharing over these uh, next few weeks. Some of you know that. Some of you don't know that yet, but you're going to be up here. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Um, no, we have some great, great, great people lined up just to share story, parenting, uh, career stuff. So how do, how do we navigate life together in a sort of life series in, in a relational way with those who are around us and, of course, uh, of course, our God? So, yeah, getting into that is going to be fun. Um, my boys, I'm having a good morning. My boys are on their way to Hawaii right now. Some of you might have picked up on that. So they're, like, having a, an amazing morning already. They're going to be with their grandparents and their uncles over there and their cousins. And I was checking them in yesterday <laughs> for their flight. And I noticed there's like there's still seats available, and the tickets were like $270 to Hawaii round trip. And I'm like, can I pull this off? And I'm a seven by nature, and it was really hard to not just FOMO into that and have someone jump up here tomorrow and figure it out. Because it's like that's hard. But but Amy was up this morning at you know 4:30, take him to the airport. I think Andy says, but your wife ever sleep? And I'm like, not really. And she worked last wedding last night, so she sh- you know shuts down at midnight, gets up at four, and gets like th- like a three-hour nap. And and, uh, and I'm like, stay home. Just stay home and get some sleep. She's like, no way, I want to come to church. And I was like, appreciate that about you. But I'm like, I wanted to stay home. I am tired, right? Because she's like going through this really rough stretch. But, you know, I, I share a room with her. I, I share a bed with her. And uh, so I'm also tired, right? It kind of like works that way. And she was just like, you know, very courteous and coming and going. And, and I think that's one of our areas. We're growing in our relationship. Where's Amy? And... Uh, <laughs> She had a history of whenever she'd come or go late at night or, or, or real early in the dark, just turning on all the lights, like almost as punishment to me because I don't, I'm not getting up and she has, she turns on all the lights and, and last night she didn't do that. She's like, she was pretty chill with the lights and this morning, like I noticed like she was being, so we're growing. So I just want to confess that and thank you. <laughs> Bree, what's up? My gosh, Bree's here. Yeah, you know, it's all kinds of things are happening. Our friend Bree's visiting from Hawaii. We've had like the Hawaii people visiting lately. Um, also, Amber's birthday is today. Where's Amber? Oh, Amber, Amber's birthday. I think Abigail's birthday is tomorrow. tomorrow. So I just catch up with the family life. So all these things are, all these things are happening. Um, but the relationship in, in terms of like, so, so Amy is going through like a, a, a tough, like, you know, 30-hour stretch, right? That, that's, it's hard. She's working. It's stuff she wants to do. We're taking our kids. Just life is happening, right? And it's, and it's a tough stretch, and, and she does that so well. My, my wife goes through hard stretches and hard seasons and, 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 and overloads so, so, so well. And I, I'm not as good at that, but, but it also affects me. So when one person goes through something, and it affects those around you. If someone's going through a hard stretch or a tough time or, or whatever, like it, it should affect those around that person. That's relationship. It just is. Like we talk about we mourn with those who mourn. If someone's sad, we should feel some of that in our life. Like it's, that's okay. That's, that's relationship. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We, we're tired sometimes with those who are tired, just kind of worn out. We feel that. We feel that stuff. And I would pause as we look at 
the way we relate to really the world and almost everything, everything in existence, all things that in life that exist, I believe they exist in a relational ecosystem, right? Money, loss, people, yourself, God, your choices, your career, all these things, your neighbor, everything. Right? It's a relational, this relational ecosystem. And we think about how we want to have better relationships with those around us, family, friends. We want to have, better, we want to have a better relationship with our finances, our, our, our health, our bodies, our, our God. There's a lot of the same principles, right? There's the same stuff that we can learn. And one of the big things I realized when we talk about relationship, a relationship is everything, and everything is relationship. We can kind of think in terms of that when you're going through something, you're thinking about something. What is my relationship to this, to this thing? And often we want better relationships, right? Who doesn't want a better relationship? To, want, to get a better relationship, like if you want better, what we're going to find is you have to choose better. Right? And we've talked about this up here before. If you want better, we have to begin to choose better. And this is how we're going to move forward. I read a paper years back on, on migration patterns and, uh, you know, birds and, and, and everything else. Birds are probably most known because they just do these crazy trips. And I was reading about migration patterns and, and, and talking about, they, I was reading about chimpanzees. And chimpanzees, they live very much the way we do, meaning they don't really migrate, right? We, we don't really migrate. Sometimes we move, but as, as, as humankind, we don't just all pick up and move together. We don't really, really migrate right now. And so the chimpanzees, we find they don't really do that either. They set up a village, they cultivate life, in, in one place. They're there and they, they kind of figure it out there. However, there's two things that will move, move, their, move their tribe, move their troop, move their village. And one is fear of, of death, right? Fear of death, meaning predators or starvation, right? This is often urgent and there's not a lot of options, right? They're fine and then all of a sudden this thing comes in and they're not fine and they've got to get, they've got to get moving. So, so there's certainly fear that can, be, that can motivate us, right? Uh, death, Right, motivates us. Loss can motivate us. That is a motivator for change. Why do we move from one thing to another? Why do we choose something different? The other reason they might move or migrate uh, is honestly if they find better bananas somewhere else. Right? There's a better opportunity. There's a better opportunity. They don't have to leave. Right? They can exist where they are, but there's something better somewhere else. There's something better somewhere else. And if you want better, you have to choose better. And too many of us, when we look at our relationships with, with one another and all the things around us, around us too, too many of us wait to make this change in our relational structures until it's almost too late. It's, it's just gone too far. And this is one of the hardest parts for Amy and I when we, we deal with couples going through, going through challenges or really going through divorce. When people come to us and say their marriage is in trouble, a lot of times we start getting into it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's already too late. You've let it get to the point where it's about to, just about to die and now you're thinking, I'm going to choose better. And sometimes you can get out of that, and sometimes you can't. So often when people show up, it's like, man, it, gosh, I wish you would have onboarded me six months ago. We could have been talking about this. Maybe we could have, could have helped this along the way. But we, sometimes we allow things just to go too far, and then it's too late, right? That credit card, uh, your, your health, your body, your relationship with your parents or your kids or, your, or that friend. It's like you just got to let it go, and you let it go, and you let it go. And then all of a sudden, it's about to blow up or die, or it's just gotten to be like, you know, it's ten or twenty, fifty thousand dollars in debt. And you're like, oh, I gotta do something now. Or if we can choose better along the way, it helps us. Right? This is your future. And our choices create our direction. Your choices create your direction. Where you are is a result of your choices. Now, God has a hand in that. I'm not saying He doesn't, He is sovereign. He can bump us around as He needs to do. 
but you know, but often your choices lead you to where you are. That's, that's sort of how we live. Your choices create your direction. And stuff happens, and I get that. Uh, believe me, I get that. Sometimes things just happen. Like, I've been making the best choices. I'm still here. I get that. I understand that. One of our mantras we talk about relationships, uh, usually with couples, but I think this applies to everything, is that 50% of every relationship is 100% you. 50% of every relationship is 100% you. So whatever's going on, this is certainly with, with your spouse. Oh, it's all them. Well, it's, it's, it's part of them, but it's 100% you. Well, these things happen at work. Well, it's, yeah, things happen at work, but there's also 100% of you involved. As things happen, it gets difficult. So how can we choose, these, how can we create some control around some of these uh, circumstances to help us make better choices? Because right? there's things that happen you can't control, but there's plenty that you can. And the Bible talks about this. I'm going to read a few verses here, and we'll kind of kick around some comments. And I may send these out this week. I think there's just some good stuff here. First Peter says this, talking about just life happening. People, stuff, government, taxes, uh, food, jobs. So, pre this is 1 Peter 1.13, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Says, prepare your mind. Prepare your mind for what? For action. When those things arise, be prepared. Preparation, we understand this. We prepare for so many things. We prepare for tests, right? Some of us, some of us are still preparing for tests, right? If you're in school or, uh, or, or work, you prepare for tests. You understand, I'm, I'm going to be ready, right? If you're going out with somebody, like friends or someone you like or love, you prepare, you prepare yourself. But is your mind prepared? Because sometimes when we coast, we're like, ah, I'm good. And then all of a sudden it comes up and you're kind of cramming, trying to figure stuff out. But how do we prepare our minds? How do we keep our minds fresh? How do we keep our minds in a sense that they're ready for this action? They're ready for this conflict. They're ready for this difficulty. They're ready for this challenge. They're ready for this loss. How do we do that? Well, Colossians 3.2 says this. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, of course, do we have to think, somebody think about things of earth? Yes, but there's a priority here. Right? Consider the universe, the love of God, the universal love of God, the resurrection on earth as is, is in heaven. Right, give us this day our daily bread. Think about what is pure, what is lovely, what is good, what is kind. Think about these things. This is how we prepare our minds. And so when things come up around us, your mind is ready for action because it's been dwelling on the goodness of God, the grace of God, your place in life that you're loved, right? how big God is. Your mind is ready for that. Right? This is why it's so important to be in the Word or listen to the Word. Even a little bit each day keeps your mind prepared. This is part of a Sunday, hopefully, encouragement. It, it, it recenters your mind a little bit. Think about these things. Prepare your mind for action. Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. So author Romans is pretty adamant here. He's like, you've got to get some control over your mind, because if you don't, it's going to lead to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Right? Letting go and letting God. So sitting down is allowing God to take those thoughts. So often we spend so much time thinking about stuff, not enough time praying about it or giving it to God. This is an exercise, right? To be in the presence of God and just allow those thoughts to, to sort of drift off and just to receive God in your mind. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Philippians 4, 7 says this, then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So there's a peace that comes with these things. Corinthians, Corinthians 2.16 says this, Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have, for we have the mind of Christ. 
And so the author said, hey, who can even begin to think like Jesus? Who can, who can have that kind of mind? He said, yeah, well, you know what? You can. You can. You have the mind of Christ. I can't do that. I wish. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. To allow the mind of Christ to prevail, you must submit right, your own opinions and thoughts, and that can be difficult. But one area that proves challenging for many of us, when we think about relationship uh, with is your spouse or your boss or whoever, your neighbor, because the fence is the problem, right? It's conflict. Conflict is a challenge for so many of us, right? Now, conflict can actually produce intimacy. It can produce intimacy or division, right? And we get to choose that. You get to choose it. When you think about your relationship with your spouse, those who are married or people close to you, that conflict, it can create division, it can certainly do that, but it can also create intimacy. It can create intimacy. It can actually bring you closer together. The problem isn't conflict, it's what you do with it. How's your mind ready for it? Is your mind prepared for that conflict? That same argument that you have with your spouse over and over and over again can produce great division or actually intimacy. Like Amy and I have conflicts that have been running so long and are honestly so stupid (laughs) that we still bring up, it's almost more of an inside joke. There's almost more intimacy in how dysfunctional some of our conflict is. We just kind of work through it that way. We let it go because it's like not that important. If we come out of relationships, especially with your spouse, it's my will versus her will, and we're on our way to divorce. We're, just, we're on our way to divorce. It doesn't work that way. If our relationships are just a battle of wills with one another, we're not going to make it. But if we fight for God's will, if my mind is in a place where it's prepared for God's will, then our marriage has an opportunity to be transformed and be strong. And all of us have conflict, and it comes and goes. And some of you are in it right now. You know what that is. Like, you can just feel it. Ah, it's conflict. I, I got this conflict. Things, things go south. I get it. Jesus experienced conflict. There was lots of conflict. That's what makes the story so compelling in so many ways. There's conflict in it. There's conflict in it. And there's a lot of people who said and did things toward Jesus that were really wrong and hard and unjust. Right? And yet Jesus offers forgiveness. So one of our ways out of, out of that gut turning and wrenching is, is, is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. And forgiveness, this is great about what we have in Christ, is forgiveness can be extended in the absence of an apology. Right? Forgiveness can be extended in the absence of an apology. You can choose to forgive. You can choose better. You can choose to forgive, even in the absence of apology. Well, you never apologize. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold a grudge against them. It never should. Some of us have not forgiven people from elementary school. Right? You laugh because it's true. I mean, I think about some of these things kids did to me. Therapy. You had to go through some stuff. But you can forgive in the absence, right, in the absence of apology. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Right? As in, just as Jesus forgave you in, in Christ. Forgiving you of all your junk, all your sin, you're born into it, you're going to do it more. He just forgave. He forgave. And the book of Ephesians is, is so known for spiritual warfare, which is, which is super cool, right? It's, it's imagery, and there's swords and helmets and shields. This is a lot of the, the wrap-up of Ephesians. It's kind of this aggressive, like, combat style. But there's also a lot in this book. There's also a lot of this book about kindness and compassion. And you can dis- disarm and dismantle what's in front of you like you never have before. You might not even have to put on, the, put on all, the, all, all the armor and get the sword. 
Right? Kindness allows us to, to see something in someone else that cruelty never could. Right? Kindness opens our eyes. Right? Forgiveness doesn't have to wait till an apology is offered. Some of us have to do some deep work to find that. that can, some of our wounds won't run deep. Right? Your, your dad, so many of us carry wounds for the father, your, your mom, maybe it's a sibling, something that's meant a lot to you. It hurts. You can forgive. We can forgive in the absence even of an apology. And it's so liberating because that means you don't have to, to carry this stuff around. You can be free. You can be free from it. But you have to choose. If you want better, you have to choose better. Now, forgiveness actually is commanded in the text. This is something we, we have to do. Some of us are slower at it than others. But forgiveness is commanded. It's, it, it's something that's like, hey, forgive others as I forgave you. It's like, really? I forgave you and you're going to hold that against them? Right, this, is, this, is, this is the sort of ecosystem we live in of forgiveness. But forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with everybody. Forgiveness is commanded. Reconciliation is conditional. Because sometimes in some relationships, and we've been around these, you've been around these, it's just, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work, right? That, that, all the way up into to marriages, that just happens sometimes. It just is not working. There can be forgiveness, but mm, it's not working out. Right? These are people you've worked with. These are friends. This is, again, this is neighbors. It just it gets difficult. Right? Sometimes you have to actually exit a relationship to remain pe at peace with that person. Right? The Bible has this. Abraham and Lot, they parted ways. They realized, you know, this isn't going to work for both of us. This is not enough land. I, I got a different agenda here. Paul and Barnabas, they split ways. These guys are trip planting churches and, and doing all kinds of miracles and cool stuff. Like, you know, it's not working here. Love you, disagree, forgive you, moving on. Right? So there's times that the only way you can actually have a relationship is, is creating some distance. Right? That's afforded to us. That is a force to us. The text has never said, hey, you've got to be best friends with everybody. It's like, it's okay. You can't hold a grudge. You have to forgive. But it's okay if distance helps you have actually a better relationship. One of the, obviously, the hardest parts of, of relationship is, is, in many ways, it does come down to our, you know, inter, our marriage relationships and, and what happens there. And, and um, you know, we've unfortunately been up front and center at a bunch of people going through it right now and it's it's heartbreaking and you're getting onboarded a certain part of the story that's started you know six months 12 months years ago and all of a sudden you're you're here right? and a lot of, a lot of us live that way right? and maybe it's your marriage maybe it's your your bank account maybe it's your health or your job like we just wait too long to kind of move into a better place to onboard people into that situation who may be able to help us i was um yeah, I was talking to my dad the other day, and uh, got a short story, short, medium version length of the story. I was talking to my dad. So my brother and my mom passed away in 2019, uh, kind of very unexpected for both of them. And so we've been dealing with loss, we, our relationship to loss. And this past week uh, was my, would have been my mom's and my brother's birthdays back to back. And that's just, you know, if you've gone through this kind of thing, you know there are certain things that sort of trigger those memories. And, uh, it's hard. It was a hard, it's a hard week. It's actually hard almost the anticipation I found for myself. Like, oh my gosh, how am I going to process this? And, and my dad is, it's harder for him, right? He's alone now. He's totally alone. And, and you know, I have, you know, community and, and I have my kids. There's just a lot happening. And, and um, you know, my dad has lost his wife of, you know, 40 plus years. And she's, she's just gone. So he's, he's working through that relationship of, of, of loss. And he calls me uh, a couple days ago and I, and I actually just couldn't really do it. I, I couldn't talk. I wasn't like strong enough to actually even talk to him. So I knew where he was going to go and he's, it's just hard. And it's hard for me. And, 
call me the next day, and, and then I finally call him back, I think a couple days ago, and I'm just chat with him about just what's been going on, right, in our, in our life. And, and in some ways, it, it just feels like you just kind of lose control. Like there was a, some of you guys are with this, in this with us. It was like losing control. I mean, my dad was in a coma, my mom died, my brother died. It was crazy. I mean, I, just kind of losing control. And we lose, we feel like that sometimes that we just lose this sort of sense of control with what's happening around us. But I think what happens when we, when we were processing this, when you, you don't really lose control, but you must lose control of, 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 of what, you lose control of yourself in these situations, right? Because we reap what control, your control produces. What, how are you involved in the situation? You feel like, oh my gosh, everything's out of control. Well, what can I do about that? Right? And I was talking with him, and it was just crazy to go through these, these issues, even on a phone call. Like, my relationship, and this is the way I want us to be thinking about it. We'll kind of wrap up here in a minute. My relationship with my dad, right? There's a lot going on. There's a relationship with loss. Like, I'm still processing my relationship with loss. My relationship with my mom, who's gone. My, my brother, right? Myself. I'm processing relationships with myself because what a... Man, I just couldn't get past, like, I just couldn't talk to him on this day. Obviously, my relationship with God is being processed. And there's just a lot, a lot happening in all, so many areas of our life. Sometimes you don't give it enough credit for what you're going through. Whatever you're going through, like, right now, right? You're, you're managing, right, school and kids and sports and, and grandkids and, and travel and, 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 and the job and trying to change jobs. And there's just a lot. There's a lot. It almost helps think through, like, each one of what's happening in that relationship, what is happening in my relationship with my career right now? What's happening in my relationship with my spouse, my kids, my bank account, my body, my mind, my God? All these things, they're all relational. That's how God designed it. That's the, actually the good news of it. It also means it can be hard. Now the worship team actually come up. So this stuff gets hard, so we want to give ourselves credit that relationships are hard. Right? Marriage, one of our, one of our great, greatest relationships is what? It's hard. It's hard, but it's also sometimes the most rewarding. So we feel like we're kind of losing control. I find it helpful. Like, let's talk about where are those areas, and what's my relationship with it? Sometimes you look at an area of your life, and it's just like, yeah, that's actually pretty dysfunctional. This area looks pretty good. This area, oof, I don't even know if there's a relationship there anymore. It's kind of just going around and checking, what's my relationship to myself? Do I ever settle down and even listen? Am I ever in a place of quiet? It's so my relationship with God, like maybe I pass through Sunday a couple times a month. That's my relationship with the word, with, with prayer. Because we, we understand relationship. We're built for relationship. I think we understand those things inherently. You know when it's going well. So you can look at other areas of life. Oh gosh, yeah, that's not going well. So I'm going to pray and uh, yeah, we're going to get on to, into this stuff in the coming weeks. God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you are a relational God, that you've created us to be relational. Um, Lord, I, I just know some people just feel like things are out of control, and that's hard, and I know you feel that way, and it's not all your fault. <laughs> it's not even not your fault at all, but it's happening. So I pray, Lord, that you would guide us into places of health and peace in the midst of those things. Lord, help us understand what it, what it means to have our minds prepared for action. What am I doing to keep my mind prepared for action when I'm called upon, when a situation arises? I pray for peace, Lord, in the, in the middle of the storm we sing. Whatever storm you're going through right now, I, I pray for peace. Even today, just, just some peace today. You just need a break. Breaking your heart, your mind, your soul. Let's pray for peace over you.